Hello and welcome to the Football Academy podcast. Uh, I am Braden. You can find me on Twitter at TFA Braden. With me today, we've got Mr. William Webb. You can find him at TFA Wills. Will, say hi, please. Hi, please. I'm obligated. <laughs> and also with me today is Sapoon. You can find him at TFA Sapoon. Uh, say hi or whatever you want, Sapoon. Oh, H. I O. I've muted oh, myself for too long. Oh, God. <laughs> We're doing this. Okay. Um,. All right. That, welcome to the other Football Academy podcast. <laughs> um, uh, but no. Uh, so we just a quick disclaimer. We are recording this uh, on Friday. Currently, it's halftime of the uh, Brentford West Ham match, a two nil to Brentford, and currently it is one one, almost two one <laughs> Liverpool there. Uh, so. If at some point during this podcast you hear Sapoon laughing and Will going, what the fuck, you know Lester have scored at this part in time. Um, so that's what we're working with today. Um, we're going to go over uh, a little bit of our Boxing Day bets. Uh, we'll talk about, obviously, the upcoming games, um, minus the two from uh, this Friday. Uh, so looking ahead at all the weekend games, and um, we'll go ahead and get into it. Um, so we'll recap the results from boxing day first um will came in third place this past week returning uh 735 uh pod dollars on an outlay of a thousand uh sapoon was second with 886 and uh, i came in first this week with 1260 really powered by spurs clawing their way back into the brentford match so that was a little bittersweet sweet for me um overall not a bad weekend of betting um could have been worse. There were some really tricky matchups, I thought, and and like both Man City, United, and Chelsea were all traps. But that's uh, how it goes sometimes. So, is there any uh, matches you guys want to talk about um, from Boxing Day? Anything that stuck out to either of you? <clears throat> the primary game that did stick out to me was, I guess it it, it was more so Spurs. I was gonna say every uh, Brighton just because how brilliant Brighton have been under uh deserby but um gonna leave that for another time as far as spurs go i i just don't understand how they can be satisfied with what is going on like as far as the game goes i understand brentford's a good team like i saw my team get absolutely battered out there but the, you don't get antonio conte to compete for top four he has multiple times said he wants to compete for the title and that is just not happening and I don't know what is the long-term plan with this current Spurs team. So, overall, just a very interesting situation as far as Spurs go. I don't see them make any game-changing signings this January either. So, it, it, it's starting to look like they might be the one that end up uh, falling out of uh, top four. Yeah, I agree with that. And I definitely think it's weird to see just how... Uh, bad Spurs have been in first half of matches and how good they've been in the second half of matches when they're a little bit desperate. Uh, Will, do you have anything to add to that, or do you have another game that you kind of had your eye on? I want me to talk about that match. The only thing I'm going to say is Ivan Tony uh, clearly... Cashing tickets. Exactly. <laughs> That's all I had. All I had was jokes on that one. Um, the match I want to talk about, if I can change the subject, is uh, I thought it was a pretty decent performance to claw their way back into the match from Wolves. Uh, I kind of expected Everton to go out and have a decent performance. I I know their performances as of late have not been indicative that they were going to turn a corner, but it did kind of feel, as the season had been playing out beforehand, that Everton were going to be a little bit better than we gave them credit for. And this Wolves team, 
who I kind of was just talking about being some booty trash, called their way back into the match. It looks like they have a proper manager. Hey, Poden scored, which is good for anybody who likes England right now, which is not a thing that most of us do. At what point, again, for this Everton team, do you start to worry? Because they haven't necessarily looked as strong as we would have imagined in a lot of these games running up to this one. And I don't know if the performance is going to improve because there's nothing on the pitch that shows they are. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a really good and possibly huge result for Wolves. And it's the fucking beginning of the end for Everton again, because I doomed one person I doomed earlier this year and he got fired. So I might as well doom Everton, too. Uh, I'm not really trying to doom Everton, but it does look real, real shit uh, the way they looked out there against Wolves. Yeah, I agree. I thought Wolves were absolutely done when Everton scored first. Uh, They look like a team that belonged on the bottom and a really good job of them to fight back. Uh, Spoon, do you have anything to add for the uh, Wolves-Everton match? I mean, I look at Everton, and uh, I have always been on the other side of how... um, Jesus, there's a second on goal by Leicester. Um, It it, it looked so good. Uh, By the same guy, too. Man, he's having a bad day. It looks so good from Darwin's boot. Yeah, Darwin Louise looking motherfucker. Let's go! (laughs) Okay, sorry. Back back on topic. Hey, this is... uh, incredible way to kind of join us to what how we watch games and how our reactions are especially when it's not our teams Braden and me but Frank Lampard never been a big fan of his in terms of his management he found something early on with Everton that seemed to be working but at the end of the day they don't have enough goals in the team to keep consistently grinding out results so um, it's going to be interesting I don't know if they fire Lampard but or who they would even get if they fire Lampard I think that's the bigger question but the talent on the team is just not there. I think you really look at Anthony Gordon and they're looking at some other players. I know um, they're looking at potentially bringing in Ilanga on loan till the end of the season. And I don't really see how that like makes them that much better. So, um, uh, uh, yeah, but I think Everton looking very worried right now. They should be worried right now that they might end up into the same situation as last year. And the only saving grace for them is the fact that... Uh, they know what it takes to kind of survive. Like, you know, they are battle-tested in terms of a relegation battle, and um, hopefully they survive again. That that only works for so long. I think you can ask Burnley and, and possibly Burnmouth as well as, as how that goes. You're eventually, uh, your luck eventually runs out a little bit with that, I think. Um, but I, I also agree with that. Like, I think this was a chance for Everton to separate themselves from what they went through last year, and, and it's absolutely not... A chance taken there and so um yeah we'll see how it goes but it, it's definitely a lifeline for wolves and um everton yeah we'll, we'll see how it goes for you uh for me the match that stuck out and and i don't want to get too carried away with this match uh just based on the um competition uh but i was really impressed with newcastle like i think that uh, if you've paid attention to what we've talked about uh so far this season i think we have pretty consistently said that like this Newcastle team is for real. Like, I think we were some of the like first on that as far as saying like, this is a legitimate top four contending team and not just like, Oh, maybe they'll get the Europa league or, or isn't it nice that Newcastle are playing decent? Like, no, this is a team that is like actually performing and, you know, Leicester haven't been great at times this year. They lost 
like I think it was five two or five one uh, to Brighton. Uh, so and and Brighton are also a pretty decent team, but it, it's Leicester are a team that have looked bad at times. But I I really think it, I was impressed with how um, how much Newcastle just controlled this match uh, from the start, and, and Leicester were kind of never really in it. Uh, do you have thoughts on that, Sapoon? Yeah, I mean New- Newcastle are impressive and. I think they are making sure that you have to be a certain standard of a team to beat them. And on a given day in a tournament football style, I'm sure there will be a shit team that might get a result against them. But structurally, under Eddie Howe, they're very sound. The talent is there to be seen. And to be honest, like Bruno Gomares and Miguel Amaron seem like two players right now that walk into almost any team in the league. So when you have that as Newcastle, I mean, obviously they're not the Newcastle we have grown up with, but... Um, they, they are a team that can cause issues to pretty much anybody. And if you are going to be that team, at the very least, you have to be a very good attacking uh, team because they are very, very hard to break down. And uh, I, I do think that seeing how uh, Liverpool, United, Chelsea and all are still chasing top four, um, Newcastle are a team that should be up there. But again, someone kind of, Put it in perspective for me. If you really take a look at where the the number of games being played and all of that, I understand we're about to enter January, but realistically, it is like end of November, early December in the table. And I think at the end of January, if Newcastle is still firmly top four, then I will start. If you are a fan of a team that is outside the top four, I think the number of spots are just went down to one spot remaining. I, I pretty much agree with that. And just to add, Miggy, we love you. We miss you. Uh, Miggy smiles forever. Will, uh, do you have anything to add on Newcastle? I, I'm sure you do. Uh, you, of all people, <laughs> have plenty of to add for Newcastle. I mean, yeah, you knew I was going to come in here talking shit. Uh, the most impressive thing for me is the fact it wasn't just that Newcastle went out and kind of just, I don't want to say, yeah, they beat the brakes off Leicester City. I, I feel free to say that. But it was the fact that Away wins for teams who are competing for the top four have been pretty difficult to come by. We've seen good, good teams go out on their day and have difficult times showing up to away matches. This is the first game back. Boxing day, big atmosphere. Everything is there for Newcastle to have one of those up, uh, maybe they're human moments. And they came out and put the sword to Leicester in a way that did the, dis- the discussion that I've seen on uh, media about Newcastle has shifted from, oh man, what a decent story this is, to now everyone kind of sounds like we did a couple weeks ago, like you said, Braden, where it's just like, oh shit, Newcastle's like legit. Uh, there is still a lot of time, as Sapoon said, for this to sort itself out, but performances like that, and it wasn't just that they went out and won, and it wasn't one of those, oh, they had a gutsy performance, and they managed to find a way, like I always say, now nah, they look clinical, and they won soundly, and it was done early. And the crowd was already back at home popping Christmas crackers, not giving a shit about anything. That's the performance of a team who's going to start threatening for way more shit than we're giving them credit for. And y'all motherfuckers need to be as afraid as I've been trying to make y'all the whole time. Newcastle's coming up and making everyone's Christmas fucking miserable. Uh, there's no other joke to that. Like, it's just they legit look good. Miggy, come home, baby. I love you. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's happening. Well, like, we'd love it, but I don't know if that's we'll happening. We'll sell the Georgia State Stadium. 
Uh, but yeah, like I think that was a really good point about uh, Newcastle doing it away from St. James because I, I think even I, some of us mentioned it in the last podcast previewing the boxing game matches that Newcastle haven't been quite as good away from home. And to go out and just thoroughly dominate a match, yeah, really good. All props to Newcastle. Uh, so I think that will wrap us up for uh, Boxing Day review, and we'll go ahead and get started into our uh, preview and, and place of bets and what you really should be listening <laughs> to us for, hopefully. Uh, so if you haven't listened to us before, um, what generally what we do here is we're going to lay 100 uh, virtual dollars, we call them pod bucks around here, on the three-way money line for each of the upcoming matches. So home team, away team, or draw are the three possible outcomes. We may talk about some over-unders. We may talk about some prop bets, anytime goal scorers, that sort of thing. Uh, But the real focus and what we're actually going to place our virtual dollars on is going to be the three-way money line. Um, So with that, we will go ahead and uh, get started. Uh, The first one uh, tomorrow, uh, real early in the morning, is going to be Wolves at plus 300, taking on Manchester United at minus 115. A draw sits at plus 270 with an over-under of two and a half. Sapoon, I'm going to go straight to you with it being Manchester United. What do you got for us here? You know, uh, I do really like Julian Lopetegui. I think he's a very good manager. And I think United, while they are... uh, a much better team are going to struggle a little bit like we haven't i don't remember the last time we won at molyneux in the premier league so i'm going to take a draw in this game um the oh, primary reason is i think lupitegi makes his teams very hard to beat and i think a wolves team if you can make them structurally sound in terms of the defense have players going forward who can exploit your defense so i am going to go with the draw i'm not very con like i i can really see United winning um, or the draw being good results here. But uh, given the plus uh, 270 odds, I'm going to take the draw. I think it makes sense. Um, I, I think Wolves, even before Lipitegi, uh last year specifically, were a team that are very difficult to beat. So I, I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, Will, how do you see this game playing out? Uh, I The money feels safer on the draw. But I think this Manchester United team... I, <laughs> You know what? I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Rashford looks like he's about to be that dude again, and I don't know if I want to bet against that dude right now. So as long as everything keeps going copacetically, as long as United keep cooking the way that they're cooking right now, this Wolves team, even though they're going to have a good bounce from that win, even though Lopetegui is a, a real good manager and I think going to be real good for them going forward, United's got like a tidbit of sauce, and I just think that on a new... On a big slate of games like this, this is one of those times where United can finally come out and say, hey, we're going to be all right. I don't know what the rest of the season is going to bring, but I think there's more talent in this side and more talent peaking at the right time than on that Wolves squad. So I'm going to pick Manchester United, and I'm going to start my Friday off terribly by picking the arch rival, but it's fine. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to go along with that. I think minus 115 represents pretty good value for Manchester United. Playing a Wolves team that I, I do think they're going to be improved with Lopetegui. Like, I do think he's a good manager. I think that there's a decent squad there that was really just missing a striker. And when they add Kunha in, in January, uh, I, I believe that deal is already completed. Uh, and just waiting on uh, it for January 1st <laughs> to finalize it. Um, 
I, I think they'll get better and, and we'll start the march up, but I think maybe it's just a little bit early for that. And I think United have Rashford uh, looking like he's getting into form and, and generally better players. I just think minus 115 is good value for Manchester United, so I'm going to go with them. Moving on to the next match, we've got Bournemouth sitting at plus 190, taking on Palace, who finished with nine men <laughs> on Boxing Day. Uh, so, quick turnaround after you played 30 minutes with down two players. Uh, tricky. Uh, they sit at plus 155, a draw is at plus 225, and over-under is at two and a half. Will, do you think that the Cherries can kind of bounce back and take advantage of what might be a tired Palace? Or do you see this as a bounce back spot for the plus favorites in Palace? Plus favorites? Till the death of me. Uh, this Bournemouth team doesn't inspire much in me. As <laughs> they inspire a lot in my wife because they're owned by Michael B. Jordan. But that's a joke for another time. Um, that, that's really all I have to say about this match. I feel like Palace should win this easily. I know the turnaround time is going to be nuts. But this Bournemouth team doesn't inspire too much in me. So, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take Palace plus favorites. Why not? Uh, T'Challa forever. Killmonger was wrong. Will just casually putting his wife's thirst traps out here on the podcast. I, I really like it. Uh, Sabun, how do you, you see You got to get her to listen this? somehow. <laughs> Sabun, how do you see this game? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of with uh, Will on this. I, I just don't really... S- Bournemouth doesn't really inspire a whole lot of confidence. They went on a run before um, the World Cup, but I, I think Crystal Palace should have a good uh, bounce back, I would say. I mean, Patrick Vieira um, should be able to discipline his team and kind of make sure that that does not happen again. And at the end of the day, Bournemouth, for all their uh, quality lack thereof, just don't have enough uh, for me to pick them above Crystal Palace. Funnily enough, I will say, though, um, Bournemouth have created uh, accumulated XG of 13.77 for the season. Crystal Palace has only cre- uh, created 15.72 XG. So, like, it, it's not that Palace are that much better. It's just defensively, I think Bournemouth are a little worse off than Palace. And I think if you give chances to Palace, they're going to take one of them at some point. And that's why I'm going to go with them. Yeah, I, I agree. It's interesting you bring up the advanced metrics because I, I think Palace have passed the eye test a little bit. And I think that sometimes they have had a difficult, uh, a little bit of a different, difficult schedule. But you look at the advanced metrics and they really don't like them that much. Like they're on expected points, they're sitting at 16th. Um, so I, I agree with you that maybe this Palace team isn't quite as good as they look at on the table. That said, it's really hard for me to get away from plus favorites. I do think that Vieira will have them ready to go after what was probably a pretty embarrassing uh, match to to end with nine players. Like That's not anything you ever want to deal with as a manager. I'm sure that he will have that sorted. So I'm going to go with Crystal Palace. And, uh, you know, yeah, like Vieira really rebuilding this team in the image of him going down to nine. Uh, moving along, we've got Fulham at Craven Cottage sitting at plus 105, taking on Southampton at plus 250, a draw at plus 255, sitting in over-under of three. Will, you've got plus favorite skin this game at the Cottage. Do you like uh, Mitrovic, maybe a Jedi Robinson? Uh, what, how do you see this game? 
this feels like a walk in the park. Uh, the way that Fulham performed last week, a lot of times it's like, are they going to have a fall-off spot? Are they going to face a team who's going to give them a chance to kind of undo the goodwill that they've done? Ain't going to happen with Southampton. I don't think they're going to be able to put in the performance. I think Fulham are maybe a little bit more proven than we might be even credit for. I think that this might be the time that they're just going to be okay and be safe and try to figure it out from there because they kind of look aside that can hold their own against teams who are in the same kettle of fish as they are. And that is definitely what Southampton is. So uh, now that I've gotten Ralph Hassenhuttle fired, I don't know if I care what happens to the Saints. So I'm going to pick Fulham because I'm a horrible asshole. All right. The, the, William Webb manager death train continues. Uh, Sabun, how do you see this one playing out? Yeah, I'm going to go with Fulham as well. I'm not overly impressed with uh, Southampton so far, and uh, Fulham have been impressive. Like, they have made me eat my words, so going to go with them. It's really hard to disagree with that. Um, I think that Fulham are a better team here. They're deservedly the favorites in this match. I'm a little surprised they're plus favorites just because I don't see that much talent in Southampton. I'm going to take Fulham. I will be honest, though. I can see Southampton getting a draw out of this match. I I would be interested in a two-way or a draw, or like if you want to do a double chance or something with Fulham in the draw, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, Based on the odds, I'm just going to take Fulham, but I, I can see Southampton getting a point. Uh, but yeah, we'll see on to what is a very interesting line here. We have Manchester city at the Etihad at minus nine fifty, taking on Everton at plus 2100 with the draw sitting at plus 900 and over under of three. Asapoon, your neighbors, your rivals. How do you see uh, this one going? Does Holland just keep taking over or, do you maybe see Everton put up a fight here? I'm sure Everton's going to put up a fight, but I really don't think it's going to matter a whole lot. Um, however, I'm not, I'm really not going to take minus 950. I'm going to take the draw here at plus 900. I think um not going to go full crazy to take Everton here. Yeah, preview on my pick, but yeah, fuck the minus 950. Uh, Will, what do you have in this game? Uh, previewing everyone else's picks, uh, it's always fuck city. This You'd have more fun picking how many goals Holland's going to take out of the back of the old onion bag than picking this line. Uh, I'm not touching plus 2,000 anything on anything ever, even if it's just a dollar. That's a damn lot. Um, I'm actually going to go ahead and take the draw as well. Is Everton going to give them a fight? Yeah, probably. Is City going to beat them by a football score? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I mostly agree with that. And, my take on this is if you really like Everton, like if you think Everton have a chance in this match, I would maybe lean towards the under because I will say there is no way Everton win a shootout in this match. Like that's just not going to happen. There's no way that they can keep up with with City if it turns into a goal fest. But if you can keep it close, maybe you could nick something, and maybe the under is just a safer bet. Uh, that said, Holland's probably going to score two goals. I'm going to take a draw as well. You can't, you just can't take minus 950. That's uh, that's against the rules here <laughs> on our podcast. So I'm taking a draw as well. 
Moving on to the next match, we've got Newcastle back at home at St. James, taking on, or at minus 230, I should say what the odds are. Leeds at plus 550, a draw at plus 400, and over under of three. Will, to Newcastle boys, how do you see this one going? I honestly feel like this Leeds team is going to give Newcastle more of a test than the Leicester team did last week. I think at times, uh, Marsh can have those boys a little bit cagey, and when they go away from home, they play a tidbit brusker brand of football. It ain't good. It's just more brusque. Uh, but I don't think that's going to stop the Newcastle train here. Uh, I don't necessarily – I like winning, so I don't necessarily want to take minus 230, but it might be a bet as safe as houses. So I'm going to go ahead and take Newcastle here. Uh, I think this train's going to keep on rolling until something really derails it. I would be interested in uh, t- taking Leeds. I'd take the over here. Uh, I think it might be a tidbit more of a high-scoring fan than we might be giving it credit for, but I'm still going to take the guys. Yeah, I like the over pick as well. Uh, Sapoon, how do you see this one playing out? I'm going to take Newcastle. Minus 230. Still decent. I, I will say... Leeds uh, under Jesse Marsh do make it a little bit more difficult than it was under Bielsa to beat them. But um, it's no longer just a smash the over in every situation. Yes. (laughs) But I mean, I I, I think uh, Tyler Adams could have a point to prove in this game. I think him against Bruno uh, Gamares is going to be a nice one. But at the end of the day, I think Newcastle just have that extra bit of talent on the pitch. And especially at St. James is very hard to beat. So I'm going to go with Newcastle. I got to say, I love the Tyler Adams love uh, during the World Cup. Like, just mm, I love that man. Um, I'm going to go with a draw here. I think that Leeds play a style that I, I think will be a little bit tricky for, for Newcastle. I, I think they will put a little bit more pressure on them. And maybe just a team that... I don't want to say Leeds don't want the ball, but like they're happy to let you have the ball and, and kind of chase you after that. And I, I think that could be really interesting to see how this, how this Newcastle team handles that specific challenge. So I'm going to go with the draw. I think that pays well enough at plus 400. Honestly, the bet I would probably make with my real money is going to be the spread for Leeds. Like, cause I, I think that if you can get, half a goal or a goal for leads. I think that's pretty interesting, but I, I, I'm not, I can't quite trust Newcastle at minus two thirty just yet. Moving on to the next match. We've got Brighton at the Amex sitting at plus two forty five, taking on Arsenal top of the league at plus favorites at plus one ten. Interesting there. I uh, draw at plus two sixty and over under two and a half. Sapoon, do you think Brighton take points here? Like, uh, this is price. Like, these are two pretty even teams. Like, uh, you know, Arsenal's slightly better, but this is giving Brighton a legitimate top six credit, I think. No, I I think Arsenal's going to win this game pretty easily. And the primary reason I think that is because Alexis McAllister is not still not available for them um, going into this game. Uh, I, I think there Buenos is... Aires a- is lit. and i i I just honestly think he makes a big difference where if he was playing i might be inclined to take a draw 
in a game like this. But uh, I think Arsenal plus favorites, top of the table, uh, easy, easy, easy pick for me. I think if you do see a plus line on Arsenal right now, wherever you're gambling, you should definitely go ahead and smash that lock of the week, in my opinion. Probably not going to disagree, but we'll let you going to let you get your thoughts in here. Do you know how hard I want to smash the Brighton Brighton, Brighton button here? Because I feel like all of the stuff I said about being caught off guard and like maybe some time back, yada yada yada, last week about West Ham. Okay, West Ham blow, but Brighton are a decent squad. Okay, and I feel like I can take what I said and apply. Oh, hold on, hold on, well, if West Ham blow, why did you take the draw last last week? Because I thought that they would be a little bit more defensively sound and a little bit, they drop back a little bit and make you have to play at them and they'd be able to hold you because you guys would be a little bit sleepy coming back from the break. I'm wrong, and I'm willing to admit that I was wrong. <laughs> and I'm probably- You know, Will, real quick, you should have really just listened to um, the other guy on this podcast who has been telling you that West Ham should be <laughs> asked this year. <laughs> There it is. I, I legit, as I was saying the sentence out loud, I was like, when is Sapoon going to chime in and be like, I've been saying it. Th-. Look, you're probably right. And not even probably. You are right. It's fine. I want to smash the Brighton button. But you know what? I can't because this Arsenal team do look like they are. This, they're the side to beat right now. Even with City firing at all ends and Holland being a fucking cyborg, this Arsenal team still look like they can get it done. I know Brighton are a well-improved side. I know they had a tremendous performance last week, and I know the Amex is a fortress, but it's Arsenal plus 110, and like that's that feels like I'm printing money. Uh, I may have just doomed Arsenal by saying it out loud, but hey, doesn't affect me. Eh? I'm going to take Arsenal. <laughs> I, I'm going to follow both of you guys. Like I don't want to say this is entirely disrespectful because I do think Brighton are a good team, but... Uh, I think Arsenal are deservedly top of the league right now, and to give them as plus 110 against Brighton sounds, I, I don't know, slightly disrespectful. Not incredibly disrespectful, but slightly. I'm going to take Arsenal as well. I think the over is interesting in here. I, I, sitting at two and a half, like, I think that I expect Brighton to score. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see it, like a three or four goals in this game, so... We'll see how that plays out. Moving along to the bad North London team, we've got Spurs at, it's not White Hart Lane, it's Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, which is boring name, and minus 155, Villa at plus 390, it draws plus 310, over-under sits at three. Spoon, we talked about Conte earlier, and one, like you get him to win the title, like to push for that instead of just like being top four. I, how do you see Spurs respond in this match? I mean, Spurs have to try to go out and win the game, right? Like, they, there are no excuses. And I do think Spurs at home and Spurs away are two kind of different teams so far under Conte. And I'm going to take Spurs because they're at home in this situation. I think Emery is going to set up very defensively, which Conte is going to set up very defensively too. So I don't know if this is going to be an entertaining game at all if you are... Uh, so inclined i think you should rather just watch nfl there are a lot of playoff implications but if you do end up watching this game i think uh, you should go with tottenham i the draw at plus 310 looks very good but again with villa i just don't know where their goals come from in a team that should be scoring a lot 
and Mo Salah, what a terrible fucking shot that Darwin yeah, Nunes, that was something uh, is that, rubbing yeah. off. <laughs> Love to see it. Love to see it. And, um, yeah. Damn it. <laughs> Darwin's um, like, yeah. why did I even pass that ball? Why do I even pass to you? So, yeah, I'm going to go with Tottenham. Hopefully, a little bit of Darwin rubs off on uh, Harry Kane as well. Your lips to God's ears. Will, how do you see this game going? He's a chaos merchant. <laughs> it's so much fun to watch chaos when Mo can't put it in the back of the net. Fucking, it spurs. This game's going to be drab as shit. So, who's right? I'd rather watch football. They're going to set up defensively. Spurs are going to find a way to win the last minute. This is dumb, and I just don't rate the Spurs team. It is at home. They play better at home. Man, just, I don't feel like picking Spurs after that fucking missed goal, but I want to pick Spurs against my better fucking judgment. Uh, still Danny Ings to score a goal, because why not? Yeah, fair enough. I, I think that... I don't want to say that Villa can't score goals, because I think that Watkins is, is a good striker for what Emery wants to do. And I think that'll be something to watch over the course of however long Emery is at, um, is at Villa. But for me, this is going to be Spurs. I, I think you're right. Sapoon Spurs at Tottenham Hotspur stadium are a little bit different team as opposed to when they're away from home. So I'm going to take Spurs minus 155 Isn't too bad. Villa, I think will hang tough though. Like I, I, I can see, a draw or some other result, but I think it's going to be Spurs. Moving on to the last match of the slate, uh, we've got Forrest sitting at plus 420. Nice. Uh, versus Chelsea, minus 150. Draw at plus 290. Over and under is at two and a half. Sapoon, how do you see... Uh, I, I, I don't know what to make of Chelsea. I don't know what to make of Forrest. Like, I think Forrest should be better with their like three separate teams that they bought in the summer. Um, I, how do we see this playing out? So, I just want to say, uh, Forest against United was the first time I really closely watched Forest this season, and it, they are playing some good football. They just have like that X factor missing that you kind of need in the Premier League. You can't just like walk in and try to win some games. Um, as far as this game goes, I'm actually gonna go for a draw here. Actually, fuck it, I'm just gonna go for a Forest win here. I think uh, Chelsea, I go. don't really still feel confident for a minus 150 away from home. Like, y'all know I'm a huge Grand Potter fan. I think it's a team still building. I really don't know what their transfer situation is. Like, this did announce Nkunku, but I don't think he's going to play this game. So, uh, again, I think Dennis Zakaria and company are kind of figuring things out. And you are going to see uh, Chelsea get better. But Forest at home, they need a win. I think this is a moment. They beat Liverpool, I think, before the World Cup. Uh, so I think this is another one of those where at home um, they're going to be formidable. So I'm going to take Forest and a plus 420 kind of have to. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. I believe in Cuckoo is transferring in the summer. Like, I think the, like, the transfer is happening in January and it's a loan back type situation. So I, I don't think he'll be here. He, here be at chelsea uh, until the summer but um i could be wrong on that so you know you know follow ornstein or fab for that like you guys know what to do uh will how do you see this one playing out our fan base knows you know how to get your news it's fine uh we don't need to tell you what to do um 
this Chelsea team is going to improve. And I think that Graham Potter is a fantastic coach. And I think he's going to end up doing very well at Chelsea. But I think that the homeboy Coop is a tidbit pissed that no one's talking about now. He's also an English manager who does good shit. And I feel like this is a time with this team coming, with this Chelsea team looking as uneven as they do, that the manager could be in the boys' ears at Forest and get them fired up. Nothing better than firing up some trees on 420. There's no way on God's <laughs> green earth that I'm not going to pick Forest right here. It is not just my dumbass bet of the week, but it is my stoned ass pick of the week. Hey, 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 hey. hey. <laughs> Snoop Dogg and Wiz Khalifa behind me. With blessings from Willie Nelson, I'm taking Forrest. Sorry, Graham Potter. I, the joke is better than your performances have been so far. It's a fair point. Like, doing it for the jokes is, is a thing we do around here. So, Poon, jump in here if you'd like. He is not English, by the way. He's Welsh. Got him. Oh, fuck. Damn. He's going to want to beat me. That's why the now. English media is not very high on him. That's a fair point. <laughs> it's a revenge game for Siku. <laughs> Uh, all right, so for me, I'm going to take the draw. I'm with you guys. I don't trust Chelsea away from the bridge at minus 150. Draw at plus 290 pays out pretty well. Forrest, I'm with you, Sapoon. Like the What you said about them playing good football is a thing that I see. It just hasn't quite clicked, and I don't know if they have kind of the center forward to, to really make that things happen there. So I'm gonna go with the draw. I think they can hang around. I the over two and a half is interesting to me because there is a scenario in which Chelsea just like rolls over this game and and like scores two or three goals and and, and like it hits without the force even needing to be in there. So the over is interesting to me, but for the three of my line, I'm gonna take the draw here. And with that, that is gonna wrap up our kind of. New Year's Eve, New Year's Slate. Uh, Will, I see you've got your hand up here, so uh, go ahead and uh, jump in. Uh, before we leave the episode, I my brain is not working. Um, yeah, before we leave the episode, just say, I just want to say a couple words. Uh, Pele, uh, if you watch football at all, you know what that name is. You know how synonymous that man is with the game. He passed away yesterday at uh, 82. Um... I'm just going to say go out and watch Victory because it's a dope movie and you can watch him be an actor. Uh, if you've never seen him play, please go out of your way to watch some YouTube videos because that dude did everything that you enjoy everyone doing now before against uh, white people who couldn't do it against him. So uh, I just got to give a shout out to Pele. And when you talk to my family, that is the name that's synonymous with the sport. People of a certain vintage, that is the dude. He's like, you know how when you think of basketball, you think of Michael Jordan, Kobe, LeBron. He's that, but like... That's the only name that people born before 1985 know. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to give a shout out to, uh, you know what? He's my goat. Uh, the greatest number 10 to ever lace him up uh, forever for Pele. So, yeah, soccer things, you know. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I just reiterate as an American, like growing up here, like when you really before like 2006, you really couldn't watch any games live to begin with like maybe you could eventually like maybe some days you could watch like manchester united and that was kind of it but that was like a once every few months type thing um paleo was a guy that everyone knew and i you know 
obviously like the whole community knows exactly who Pele was, what it, what he means. And I just want to add, when you watch those clips that you mentioned, Will, remember the like boots and like balls that they were playing with at that time, because they are not the like, so like all this technology they have today to, and the to pitches, make the to balls. Be honest. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. Like it's, there's an, it's not carpet. Trying to break it, this dude's knees. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 like there are dirt spots in the middle of the penalty area. Um, like the ball is just like, I don't know, like it could just be cow leather, <laughs> like, like that sort of thing. And, and like the boots are really just like your average tennis shoe these days, maybe even less, uh, it may be in less contoured and to see what you could do with a ball and, and taking all that into consideration, it's really, really quite something. Um, I, I'm with you guys. Like it, he will always be like my go, even, even if we can say it's like passing the torch to Messi, all that sort of thing. Um, yeah. Pele, what a, a legend in the game. Yep, rest in peace, Pele. Uh, I mean, you see the whole uh, football community come together for it. So, um, sad scenes for Brazil, um, for sure. And kind of sad that it, it would have been kind of nice if Brazil did win the World Cup and that was a send-off. Sadly, it didn't happen, but I think he'd be happy that uh, Messi did end up getting one. And on that note, I would also like to say RIP, Cristiano Ronaldo's uh, European career officially joined... <laughs> Uh, Al Nasser uh, Football Club. They have just announced that the world's greatest athlete has officially signed for them. So congratulations. Um, and also just want to say, fuck you, Piers Morgan. You're a cunt. You're a piece of shit. And everything you said was wrong in that interview. He said there are dozens of Champions League clubs waiting. Nobody was waiting. He's making 75 million a year, though. So that's kind of crazy. Yeah, Pierce really packed the wrong course on that, and I, I for one, am absolutely here for it. <laughs> like after hearing all the, the ways he is linked to Arsenal, like I, yes, eat shit, man. <laughs> well, what's hilarious is for the first time when Ronaldo was in England, he hated like Pierce Morgan course, hated yeah. Ronaldo. He talks so like, much. Better. He's forever hated him, and then right when the world actually starts disliking Ronaldo, Pierce Morgan's like, now nah, now is my time to save him. Like, come on. Like, you were on the right side of history for the longest time and then decided to be on the wrong side of history at the wrong time. So, Yep. I, I've got nothing to add to that. Just, like, sweet, sweet, like, everything. Watching things implode in, in Qatar for both... Well, Ronaldo is, is, like... Ronaldo is a separate thing of watching a guy, like, kind of go from the greatest in the world to, like, having to deal with coming down. But, like, for peers, fuck them. Fuck them. Yeah. Forever and ever and ever and ever. <clears throat> if there's anything that needs to be said on this podcast, Piers Morgan can go fall off a cliff for all I care. <laughs> yep. That is absolutely facts. All right. Uh, anything else we've got? We've got uh, the new year. I don't know if we're going to get the the games after this one because it's a very, very sharp turnaround. Um, we'll, we'll have to think about what we're going to do for that. Um, so you may get a podcast for the midweek games coming up you may not like <laughs> don't hold it against us if you don't um but any uh anything for new year's from either of you uh uga can go straight to no. hell okay <laughs> fair enough yeah <laughs> no don't 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 say that because if they do beat us we're gonna need them to beat michigan 
So the the hate the the hatred and love for UGA right now is very conditional. Uh, well, TCU well, forever. That's how I feel. Fuck. <laughs> all right. All right. On I, that I, note, I'm, I will say. Go ahead, sorry, Brain. No, I was just saying I I am loving the transactional love and hate here. It, it's fantastic. <laughs> uh the the only thing I will say is uh spend some time with your loved ones. Enjoy the New Year's and um. Hope for a good title race, which it does seem like it could become one or Arsenal could run away with it. So that's hope for the former. Uh, or the latter is, is perfectly fine by me. Uh, I've got nothing more to add. Definitely hang out with your, your loved ones. Uh, Mega holiday special, however you see fit. Um, and we'll be back uh, as soon as we can. Like I said, maybe not midweek, but sooner rather than later. We'll see you guys soon. And uh, off you here to a good 2023 and we're gonna win all our bets i just finished ted lasso fuck me go to therapy guys go to therapy